Hey, this morning, you weren't in the prayer meeting. You came in late. Guess which scripture that Pastor Paul, same scripture, be anxious for nothing in all things through prayer and supplication, giving thanks to God. So if there's people here this morning, I'm sure God is trying to speak to you. And it's got nothing to do with my sermon, but it's all good. God speaks in different ways, right? <clears throat> kind of has a little bit about my sermon, but be anxious for nothing. Nothing. Finances, health, family, nothing. Be anxious for nothing. All things through prayer. Just keep giving it to God. Cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. But this morning, I'm going to preach a bit about the other word that we got this morning, about the dross and how God is so interested in your life. He wants to remove dross. And you know what dross is? Dross is the stuff when you refine gold, they heat it and 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 heat it till this ugly dross comes up to the top and they skim it off. They keep skimming it away, skimming it away. They heat it up again, heat it up again. That's what the word said. He's not going to decrease the fire. He's going to increase the fire. And it's going to keep going. And your rubbish, my rubbish, just keeps coming to the surface. And you see it and you go... Because sometimes you look at your life, right? You do things and you just want to... How did I do that? How did... And it's like the Lord is just showing you things in your life that you need to get rid of. Comes to the surface, you need to confess it, tell the Lord, hey, I need help with this. It's dross, it comes to the, and he skims it. And you know what the, the goldsmith does? He keeps skimming, he keeps moving the dross until, that's right, Nick, he sees his, the reflect, his own reflection in the gold. That's what Jesus wants to do in your life. He wants to keep moving the dross away and he doesn't care about the dross. It's not as if he's going to catch him by surprise. He's not offended by your sin. He sent his son into the world to die for your sin. So I say, don't don't feel like I can't tell the Lord about this because he already knows anyway. So it's pointless hiding it. Um, And so he keeps doing all this stuff in your life until he starts to see his own reflection in your face and in your life. And so this morning, not knowing that I, Peter, knew I didn't ring up Peter and said, I'm, I'm talking about strongholds this morning in our lives, which are the dross. And uh, a stronghold is something that can be positive, can be negative. The Bible says in Psalm 9, verse 9, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. That's a positive stronghold. A stronghold is where you run. The stronghold is where you go for safety. It's a refuge. It's supposed to be when you see things that aren't right in your life and things coming up, you run to the stronghold and God is your stronghold. He's the one that you cast your cares on. He's the one that comes in times of trouble, the anxiety, everything that comes. He comes in that time and you run to that stronghold. It's a high place. The stronghold's a high place. It's a place where you have the advantage. And the ne- it's a negative side of it as well because there's strongholds in the Bible that were against God. There are strongholds in our lives that we run to that are not good. They're the dross. They're the things that instead of running to God, we run to them. We run to the places that is sin. 
because we get comfort there. Wherever you feel comfortable, wherever you run to, it becomes a stronghold. If it's not God, if you're running towards sin, if you're running toward worldly pleasures, you keep running there, it's your stronghold. It's your place of safety. It's your place of comfort. And heaps of us do it until God says, hey, listen, you've got to rip that stronghold down because I want to get into it. And there's some strongholds that are difficult because some strongholds have been created there from youth, from when you're young, like trauma, like fathers, like accidents, all these things that happen in our lives when we're young. Like for me, for instance, I think I've told you a story. My brother used to always call me useless. He'd tell my, he'd tell my parents, Louis's useless. He's hopeless. He doesn't even know what a spanner is. I do now. But it was spoken over my life. Useless, useless. And it built, and I started to believe that I was useless. And everything I did in life, I thought I was never going to succeed. I was always going to fail. Why? Because they spoke it into my life. I was useless. And everything that I did, every time I failed, I would that that voice would be in my mind says, see, here we go again. You're useless. You're not going to achieve anything. You're hopeless. It was just drilled in me. And guess what it became? It became a stronghold. It became a place where the enemy was in my life and he kept telling me how bad I was and how useless I was and then probably why I turned to drugs because every time those things happen, I would turn to something. <clears throat> Strongholds from the enemy, like that's what they do. Why do you think people become alcoholics? Because there's trauma in their life. There's things that are in their life and they can't, they're not running to God who is their refuge. They're not running to God that will take those strongholds and boom, bah, kick it in and say, Louis, I love you. You're not useless, mate. You can do all things through Christ. He says, mate, because he's Aussie. He says, Louis, trust me. I can do all things through you. You just give your life to me. I love you. I care for you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. He's demolishing the stronghold. He's demolishing the very thing that I can. And people, what people do is this stronghold and they can't, they're not going to God. They're not giving their lives to Christ. And so they're dealing with these traumas in their lives, right? And, and so what happens is, you can't handle the trauma because it keeps plaguing you in your mind. So what do you do? You drink because if you drink, you forget. Drugs is the same. You just get out of it all the time because I don't want to think about my useless thing that I'm completely hopeless in school, messed up at school, messed up in my work, messed up everywhere. It was just plaguing me all the time. It's a stronghold. So many Christians, even Christians, when you get saved, you can keep going to sometimes when you're bored. This is a good one. Where do you go when you're bored? I know where most guys go when they're bored. They go into this stronghold because it gives them comfort, gives them excitement, a bit of darkness, forbidden fruit. Oh, that's exciting. So it breaks their boredom. What are you doing? It's darkness, man. God delivered you from that. You're supposed to come to God and say, Lord, I'm just... I'm feeling empty. I'm feeling bored. What is it? And then all of a sudden, God starts to move, gives you a revelation of the word. He starts to move. He says, mate, there's a guy there's a guy next door to you. Go over there and tell him how much Jesus loves you. All of a sudden, whoa, you're excited. God's moving in your life. There's excitement. There's, 
there's life, there's fulfillment. God wants to demolish strongholds in your life. A stronghold. And I believe this morning, this stuff that God's wanting to move out of lives, um, he wants to completely demolish them. But let me tell you, um, some of these places, some of these places that we go to, we have built a stronghold is where you keep going and you keep adding building material. You keep adding fuel. You keep adding a log. You keep building and you keep building. If you keep going over there for comfort and you're doing stuff that's in darkness and you just keep building and building and building and building and building, and building the thing is a complete tower. Satan rules on that tower. God isn't in there. God's in that tower. What are you doing over there? And you just keep building. And Satan has a seat in your heart. And I'm telling you what, some things when you come to Jesus and he starts to remove the dross, there are things that are really deep, really deep. Like my issue was really deep because from a young age, if you're told you're useless and um, you you start to believe it, God's got to start going in there and bit by bit. Remove the stronghold. Take this little bit away. Add a little bit. Hear a little bit of a sermon. Hear a prophetic word. Louis, you're loved. And you keep going. And all of a sudden, he just starts to dismantle, dismantle, dismantle because you're going more and more and more to the refuge. You're going to the stronghold of God. He is my help in times of need. He is my God. He is my Father. You keep going there. You keep going there. You keep going there. And you don't visit that place. And what happens in that place? It rots. It dies because you don't even go there anymore. Demolish his stronghold. Listen to what the Bible says. God, in, in, his, in the Old Testament times, these were physical strongholds that the enemy used to build in cities, right? So the Israelites couldn't get there. They couldn't um, go to the cities where God said, go into that city, demolish it, destroy it. I'm giving it to you. It's a promise for you. And they would build these big strong towers up on the walls so when they saw the enemy the Israelites coming at oh no they arrows no no machine guns bazookas Um, and so listen to what it says when they God says to Ezekiel or Ezekiel's prophesying Ezekiel 19.7 he the Lord broke down their strongholds and devastated their towns. The land and all who were in it were terrified by his roaring. That's your father. That's your God. He was doing it in the physical. But I'm going to tell you this, that Jesus does it in the spiritual. God does it in the physical because the Old Testament is a shadow of things to come. The Old Testament is the physical. It's a circumcision. It's the law. It's external. New Testament, Jesus is internal. There's internal strongholds. And Jesus gets in there and he does the same thing. I'll show you by the scriptures that God did for the Israelites. Listen to what it says in 1 John 3, 8. This is the amplified version. If if you're listening, you might not be able to follow with your Bible. Here we go. The one who practices sin, separating himself from God and offending him by the acts of disobedience, indifference or rebellion is of the devil. 
and takes his inner character and moral values from him, not God. For the devil has sinned and violated God's law from the beginning. The Son of God, listen, the Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came. That's why he's in your heart. That's why the dross is coming up, because he wants to destroy the works of Satan. Satan wants you to come back here. He wants you to be angry all the time. He wants you to be in lust all the time. He wants you to be coveting all the time. He wants you to be jealous all the time. He's here. But Jesus says, he's, I have come that I might destroy the works of Satan. Not only does he destroy, what he does, he's like, just think, it's me, right? And then all of a sudden, Jesus, by his spirit, is in me. Right? Isn't he? Jesus is in me. The hope of glory. He's in you, the hope of glory. He gets in there and there's this big fight going on now because Satan's going, hey, there's not enough room in here for two of us, brother. Get out. And Jesus says, hey, listen, I'm the Lord of his life now. You better start going. And he starts to go. But then we're, we're in the middle there and we're sometimes... We, Jesus is saying something, but Satan's going like, hey, this is a good stronghold, bro. You've been here a lot of times. This is good fun. Come back here. Come back here. There's a tussle going on, right? The dross. Who are you going to give your life over to? Jesus. And so he's come to destroy the strongholds. Listen to this quote. I love this quote. King Jesus conquers old strongholds when he becomes king over our lives. Territory that should have been given to him long ago is now conquered. I want to say to you in the name of the Lord Jesus that there is no habit that has gone so deep, but the power of the blood of Jesus can go deeper. And there is no entrenchment of sin that has gone so far that the power of the risen Lord by his Holy Spirit can go further. Jesus can deliver you from all things. He can break the stronghold over your life. And um, like I said, there is, I'm going to tell you a story about King David now, just to give you a bit of, I think God gave me a bit of an understanding, especially in my own life, because he did something really miraculous in my life. And so I'm going to tell you what it was. And it's come from this uh, part of the scripture, talking about having to go deep and having to really break the darkness in our lives. It's found in 2 Samuel 5, 6 to 8. It's about King David. Let me tell you about King David. There's these people in Jerusalem, they're called Jebusites. It's a great name, eh? Yeah, Jebusites. The Jebusites were around when Joshua, when Joshua came over from Egypt and, and, and God says, I'm going to give you all this land. He fought against the Jebusites and defeated them, but they lodged themselves in Jerusalem. And it wasn't until this story, King David, who's got anointed to be king of Israel and Judah together or something like that, they brought them both together, and he decides, you know what? These Jebusites who've had this stronghold over Jerusalem too long, we're going to get them. And this is his story, and this is where we pick it up. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem to attack the Jebusites who lived there. The Jebusites said to David, you will not get in here. How many times have you heard the devil say that to you? You will not get in here. You're not going to get the victory in here. 
You're not going to overcome. This guy's mine. This person has been giving himself to sin for a long time. You're not going to get this area of his life. Intimidator. He wants you to think there's no hope. That's a lie. It's a rubbish. You were, you were not getting here. Even the blind and the lame could ward you off. You've got no strength to overcome this. You've got nothing. Satan's just full of words. That's all he is. He's full of words. And we get this seed because we listen to him. Um, they thought David cannot get in here. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion, which is the city of David. On that day, David had said, anyone who conquers the Jebusite will have to use the water shaft to reach these, those lame and blind who are David's enemy. That is why it says the blind and lame will not enter this place. He says, you've got to go deep. You've got to go deep. We can only get these guys through the water shaft. I'm going to show you a video now because when you read your Bible and you hear stories like this, what you read in your Bible historically is true. And archaeologists and all these people, they find things in the, they find things that will tell you right about this story. Watch this. The city of David tunnels conceal fascinating stories about lost treasures. In the 19th century, this shaft was climbed by a British officer named Charles Warren. And it bears his name to this day, Warren's Shaft. After Warren, an adventurer called Parker came here to look for the temple treasures. But in fact, these tunnels led the early inhabitants of Jerusalem to another precious treasure, a fortified water pool Carved out by the Gihon Spring. Did you hear the swords clashing? Some people believe that King David's soldiers climbed up these tunnels on their way to conquer the city. Perhaps 3,000 years ago, Yoav ben Suriah himself passed just here. Oh, is that amazing or what? Those tunnels are there right now. And that's how Jerusalem gets these springs, these waters that are beneath. He says, hey, there's a treasure here. They went down there looking for treasure and they found water. And, the, and the Jerusalem is such a great, amazing city for when, when the armies used to come and that was such a great stronghold because they had water right there. They used to go down the tunnels and get the water. But King David went through those tunnels and he's right. He probably walked right through those tunnels. Can I tell you this? In you, in you, the Bible says, are rivers of living water. There's a shaft in you. There's, a, there's, this, there's this conduit within you that the Holy Spirit wants to fill you continually and he sort of like just wants to, you've got to tap into that inner self. You've got to tap into those tunnels of love, of rivers of living water flowing through you and they, they will guarantee break every stronghold. If you can tap in to the Spirit of God in your life and allow Him room to move, to, to well up within you, come rivers of living water, can I just say to you this? Where the river flows, there's no... Like, we just had heaps of rain, right? Take my dog for a walk. I cannot find one bindi. And do you know what? That same park a few years back, I couldn't even walk on there because there's bindis everywhere, Right? I hate bindis. Do you like bindis? No, I don't like bindis either. Getting a bit dry. The poor dog gets it under the paw and it's like, 
He's got to kind of try to get it out. <coughs> There's no bindis there now. Why? The water, the rain, fertile, fruitful. The rivers of life are fruitful in you. They're fruitful in David's life. He went through there, found the water shaft, went up and destroyed it. I'm telling you, the water shaft in you wants to well up in you and just burst out in praise, burst out in freedom, burst out and be the person that God's called you to be. I'm telling you that in you, let me read it for you so you can understand what, it's, what the scripture says. Because so many of us um, are like just trying we're trying, right? And it's like, okay, try on your own strength. You can't do it. This is why this stronghold gets so so much bigger and you feel like you can't overcome it because you're trying on your own strength. The Bible says that this is why the Bible is so clear that Jesus says continually over and over and over and over and over and over again, be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled. All those that come to me, you that are... Uh, fathers know how to give your kids good gifts, right? How much more will the Father give you the Spirit? He keeps talking about the Spirit. Why does he keep talking about it? Because it's the rivers of living water that flow in you that will come up, well up, well up, and nothing can stand in the way. No dryness, no sin, no darkness. There is no way. Think about this morning. There's no way you want to sin right now. If I come up to, I don't know, who can I pick? Paul. Hey, look at his face. Please. Now, Paul, if I came up to you, you're a guy, and I flashed my legs at you, would you think, oh, yeah, I want that leg? Is that a temptation to you? No. See? Why? Because you've been in the presence of God, right? Listen, I'm, I know I'm using, I could have used a different analogy, like, you know, some. Anyway, you exactly, you know what I mean. For the guys, they know what I mean. Temptation comes, you see pictures in your mind and your head and things happen and you go, you go for it, right? But I'm telling you what, right now he will not go for it. You know why? He's been in the prayer meeting, he's been in worship, he's been under the word and the river's flowing in him. Temptation can't come in there. There's no stronghold that he's going to run into. What happens? But if he doesn't keep the... Let, let me read you the scripture because you've got to continually be filled, right? You've got to continually be filled. Listen to what the scripture says in the Amplified Version again because I want to bring out a word. He who believes in me, who adheres to, trusts in, and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being will flow continually rivers of living water. Continually. Rivers of living water. Paul, if Paul's going to resist temptation and resist to go to that stronghold again, not that he has a stronghold, I'm just making it up, right, just in case you think, you know, he's he's helped. Tomorrow morning, he's going to have to continually get up again. Tomorrow morning, when this sermon and this meeting starts to dissipate, he needs to get back into continually being filled again. He needs to get up in the morning and say, Lord, I thank you for Sunday morning. I pray that this morning you'll fill me again with the rivers of living water. I pray that the Holy Ghost will have his way in my life. I praise you, I worship you, I give you thanks. And then he prays that he won't be anxious. Lord, I pray that I don't be anxious today. I thank you that you care for me. I read the words, he reads the word of God. He gets revelation of the word. Why is the rivers, rivers, rivers? They're flowing. Nothing can come against a person that is filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, it, you, it, it, the Bible says you cannot but bear fruit. 
But what happens? We get lazy. Lazy and slack. And we let the enemy deceive us again. He waits for his time. He waits for a time. He almost can see. He can't come in now because the presence of God is so all over you guys. You're filled with the Holy Ghost now. You're going to have an altar call in a minute. We're going to lay hands on people. They're going to be filled again. And you're going to be filled again with the joy. And then what he does, he just sits back and he waits, he waits, he waits. Let him wait as long. Who cares how long he's waiting? You just keep getting filled and he can just go over there and wait. And wait until he's sent to the abyss. But what happens as Christians, we don't maintain the presence of God. We don't maintain the river. We don't flow in the river. We don't keep adding to the river. We let it die. It, goes, it becomes, it's a flood this morning. Then it becomes, a, you don't pray. You're not reading the word. You're not, you, you're, you're compromising in TV and movies. And all of a sudden, it's a trickle. It's a little trickle. And the enemy's a piece of cake. Well, let's tempt him again. He's going to go back into his stronghold again. He's going to come falling again. And he falls again. Then the process begins again, right? Sunday morning comes, you feel all condemned. <sighs> Forgive me, Jesus. Jesus forgives you. Get filled again. Mate, don't let the river narrow. Let it go wider. Woo! Man, I'm pumped this morning. I'm, I'm like Dima. It's like, but you know what? That's what happens. So let's get the musos up. And this morning... Um, we're going to allow the Spirit of God to have his way. And I believe this morning as we're going to open this altar call up for people who just want that river, just want that river to flow in their lives. And they want it to, you know, just influence every aspect of their lives. And I just believe this morning, and we've done it for a few weeks now, that God is so interested in you, he just wants to fill you to overflowing so that stronghold, the dross that we heard, will go. All that dross, he just keeps skimming off. You just keep lifting up to the Lord. So Lord, here's this temptation again. It wants me to go back into this stronghold, but I choose you. And then he scoops it off. Lord, I'm being tempted in to get angry, but Lord, I'm trusting you. I call him, here's dross again. He wipes it out. Stronghold's being broken. Lord, I just thank you in Jesus' name. I see, Lord, that there's a temptation to go down. Lust, but Lord, you know what? In your purity, I come to you. I call on your name. I ask for you to give me strength and it dies and the dross is out. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is coming back real soon. And guess what he's coming back for? For a bride that's pure, hot, red hot for Jesus. It doesn't mess with sin. doesn't mess with darkness. just loves righteousness. Loves righteousness, hates wickedness. That's what the Bible says about Jesus, you know. He loved righteousness and hated wickedness. And this morning, we're going to worship. And if you want prayer to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to come.